Hi, I'm Amanda Justice. And I'm Katie Behrman. Welcome to the North Hole. Welcome to the North Hole, the North Hole, the North Hole. Welcome to the North Hole, the North Hole, the North Hole. Take a dive into shitty Christmas movies. And a time of year where people spend time with people who share similar genetic information. Welcome to the North Pole, the North Pole, the North Pole. Welcome to the North Pole, the North Pole, the North Pole. Welcome to the North Pole, the North Pole, the North Pole. Today in the studio, it's not just Katie and I. It's Aaron Campbell. Hello. Erin's <laughs> a very talented sculptor and artist living in Brooklyn with us, and she's versed in the occult, if you will. It's really uh, appropriate for the film that we reviewed with Erin, Christmas Town. Christmas Town. <laughs> Actually, I would say also your background in props and fabrication and sculpting and sets could help me maybe understand like why someone would make the decisions that were made in this film. I'm just so confused. I about have some it. theories actually. Um, I have this many is theories what about this. For yes, Erin, let's get into it. I like to start out by giving having you give us a, like a quick plot summary if you're willing to do it. Oh sure, absolutely, excellent. So what we're basically dealing with is bad mommy. Bad mommy worked too much. Bad mommy gets punished because she's a bad mom. So she's focusing on her work. What a so, terrible mom. But doesn't stop there. That has to come from somewhere. She has a past with a terrible father, a cold father, a stoic father, if you will. Mm -hmm. But has recently found light and joy in a small town called Holly. Hollytown? I wrote down in my notes it was alternating between Holly, Hollytown, and Hollyville. I'm pretty sure. Time. I'm pretty sure. It's a town of many names. Also, I'm pretty convinced it might be based off the town Frankenmuth, Michigan. That's a whole <laughs> different theory. Whole different theory. But that's the basic plot summary. So we get the so we get her reunited with her father, um, and he shows her the way of a correct way to live in an innocent and Christmas worshiping town. <laughs> That's basically why I blacked out and don't remember the rest of it because it was too much. It was too much taken. There were a lot. Of, there was a lot of nuance in between there. A lot of ins, a lot of outs. Uh, wormholes. Wormholes. We'll go down them all. We'll go down all the wormholes, the rabbit holes. All covered. All kinds of animal holes. We'll get down. We'll get down into it. It is the North Hole Project, after all. This was this little. Uh, gem was directed by George Escherbomber. Esch <laughs> he did the effects on classic Escherbomber film. Rambo First Blood. He did a few oh, other wow. Christmas movies. It was written by Ron McGee. Oh, Ron McGee! Oh, yeah. So I'd like to take a minute before we get into it. Can we write uh, some alternate taglines for this movie? I'll share one that I've got to kick <laughs> please, us off. Please, yeah. please. Uh, real estate agents are gross. That's what I got. That's incredible. I also have a single momdom is really tough, and Christmas is the only cure. <laughs> Mine would be, hey, that guy that was a creep in your hometown, he lives in a Christmas village now and owns a diner. <laughs> 
What's your What's your tagline? Um, quit the career blazer. Get with a safari man, perhaps. I'm pretty sure the Kevin is wearing a safari outfit for some unknown reason. You wear a lot of tactical gear for sure. I mean, it was made in like 2005. All of the background actors, at least, are wearing boot-cut jeans and cowl neck shirts and just zigzagging across the (laughs) void that is this set for the entire film. So I'm guessing like 2005, 2006. So our protagonist is Liz McGee. She's a real estate agent. Oh my god, is that because the writer's last name is McGee? Oh my god. Uh, her name might actually not be Liz McGee. It might just be Liz. Let's call her Liz McGee. Let's call her Liz McGee. <laughs> this is actually a true story about the writer's wife. <laughs> it's written by Kevin. First person. So Liz is a real estate agent. She's horrible. She's very aggressive. She always tries to sell the most. She always says escrow a lot. And I feel like yeah, the only research the writers did was like looking up the word escrow about real estate. This is what, like the word escrow. This film uh, features the word escrow more than any other Christmas movie. Do you think that'd be fair to say? Absolutely. Okay. I think it's, I think it's maxed out. Safe. So she's obsessed with escrow. And <laughs> she's very manipulative. She always tries to get people to buy houses when around Christmas time. Don't need and she them. hates her child, Mason. Hates him. Who wouldn't, really? Who wouldn't? He looks like a, a young 90s lesbian, <laughs> early aughts lesbian. Amanda said that in the beginning of the movie, and then every time I looked at him, I was like, what is that little lesbian doing out of the club? You know? what, he, what she was doing was running away from her mom constantly. There was not a third of the dialogue in this movie was Liz going, Mason? Mason! Because he just kept running away. You know, I, like, went back and forth about how I felt about Mason, but, like, like I said, he was just a little brat. He, like... A little boy! She kept saying, a little boy! That boy! That little boy! That boy! He needs... He just, like, needs Christmas so much. He feels so deprived because his workaholic mom never provides him a Christmas. Even though she's busy, like, being a single mom, like, taking care of this family, she didn't have a a great childhood. She's keeping him in hats, a variety of them. (laughs) Yeah, She's keeping him in excellent fashion. Killer. Long sleeve t-shirts, terrible haircuts. All of these things cost money, Mason. <laughs> I'm sorry that your mom doesn't want to like take off all of December for effing Christmas. That's where we're at. So she gets a call she from her dad who says, come visit. Mason's like, you're a terrible mother because you work. She decides to go to Christmastown. And then we have Hollyville. So, okay, the whole time... Just like the one thing that may have made this movie in any way um, more, at least more comfortable for me to watch, is if there was just a little bit of snow. Just a little bit of snow. Well, in the aerial views, it's a snow snow covered (laughs) town, which was really making me incensed. I could not handle the aerial. So, just show, like, quickly spitball in here. Where do you guys think this was filmed? I looked it up, so I'm not going (laughs) to. Oh, man! Canada, but it had to be the summertime, yeah? <laughs> it had to be. It was filmed in, like, British Columbia. No, it was filmed in Georgia. Wait, wait, what? what? It was filmed in Georgia. It was supposed to take place in Iowa, and it was filmed in Georgia. Wait, it was filmed in Georgia? Weird. It was filmed in Georgia. Wait, what? A, a uh, it was a, place, but it's a Canadian movie. Pole. So it was a Canadian production company who flew to Georgia to Worth film it. this? Worth it. Worth every penny. 
Oh my god! I'm looking this I up. I was so enraged by that the whole time. They were all in like teas and okay, rafts. This, can I get into my first thing? Get yes, into it, please. So please. I was like, why would this be? The only thing that I could think of leading to this situation where it was not a snow-covered town was that they had a wardrobe for a different film entirely that took place in spring months, and they said, how can we make this work for a Christmas film? And they said, oh we're just gonna do it because they didn't have any coats. So there wasn't one coat in the entire film. There wasn't one coat. There wasn't one coat. It was for, you know, a late spring, you know, week-long, yeah, Easter. I think it was an Easter movie. An Easter. They were trying to find the bunny. That would all map out. Yeah. Very, you could do one find and replace for the word Easter bunny, Santa Claus, sub out a few business names, and you're in business. That would explain another huge concern I had with this film, which was... which is what? I'd say the... When I picture uh, this movie, I'm thinking what I'm going to get the most of is like just I'm going to be bombarded by Christmas decorations. They're just going to be covering everything. They're going to be luscious. It's going to be huge. It's going to look like Sears with this in the a mall display. Like, give me anything. And this goddamn movie looked like it was decorated with a $15 dollar store budget and like maybe a trip to Goodwill. There was, everything looked sparse. It looked thin. Pathetic. All of it the like, the draped, the draped, I don't know the name of this stuff. The like tinsely thing that's like draped. Garlands. All garlands. the garlands looked anemic. Yeah. It was so concerning. I mean, terrible. It just looked like they had like nothing, and it looked like they kept moving the nothing that they had from one place to another. Hollyville was the least. I mean, I've been to Katie and Aaron grew up in the same town, Rochester, Michigan, and let me tell you something. They do an adorable Christmas display. I'd like to do a little plug for Rochester right now. Thank you. We need more attention for the the highlight of the year. In the in the (laughs) suburbs of Detroit, had more of a Christmas budget than a movie. About Christmas! About a Christmas town! Maybe we could petition for them to do part two in Rochester. Because <laughs> we already got the set. You're right. And they would have snow there at least. So normally these Christmas movies, we find they often rip their plot off from another movie or like Twilight Zone oh. episode. She referenced that, didn't she? She did, yeah. I she did. She so do you guys have any feelings about that? Well, I thought it was totally unmerited because it was just a... There was nothing paranormal about it. Like I was hoping for some. I felt activity. like I was promised some by the title. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing special about this town that was actually maybe an abandoned theme park that didn't really have that much money to begin with. I just thought it was totally unmerited. Like there was no. Do you think the set was shared with the film Big Fish? Do you guys recall? Oh, no. Think about that. It you know like, that, it was like but just like a one row yeah, and that's it. So this, um, I thought it felt like Troll 2, actually, if you've seen Troll 2. Like, it's sort of um, a family goes into a creepy town, and it turns out that all the inhabitants are evil trolls. Uh, Sub out evil trolls for uh, militant Christmas-obsessed white people, and there you go. But no one was even that Christmas-obsessed. People, like, were just talking about... Oh, okay, okay. You caught me. You caught me. And everyone only drinks hot chocolate. That's the only drink that anyone has ever. It's so hot out. Why are you doing that? It's too hot. I'm so hot right now. The mom is so reticent the whole time to do anything. She has kind of a fucked up childhood. Stoic military dad. Yeah. Did you guys see any like? I didn't care. 
What? Yeah. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> well, that was going to be my I question. Think you're right. I like, think she was doing it. She didn't change until the last minute of the film. She was such a bitch. She's just like, come on, lady, you know, loosen up. Everyone's enjoying themselves. And she was just so unpleasant See, the entire film. I felt the other way. I was so upset to have to be watching this that identified with I her. was like, yeah, I would be yelling at my little shit kid Kept who's ungrateful and keeps running away. And like all these people in this town that keep being like l- telling me to loosen up. I'm a dang single mom. I have a full time job and I'm trying to raise a child who is not a very chill or cool child. Well, He's got terrible hair. His smile is creepy. <laughs> we can't figure it out yeah. together. Um, also, she had to watch her dad, Mason's grandpa, like finally be this cool uh, parental figure to her to his grandson, whereas she never got any of that warmth. She just had to watch grandpa now suddenly be this cool guy. And Mason's like, grandpa's the best, you know? I could see how that was, that'd be kind of some bullshit. She's also like- I mean, there was also a, such an obsession, like Hallmark Channel movie about her dating life too. Oh yeah. She was a divorced woman who like, in a, actually it was a very clean few sentences. She was like, yeah, my husband decided he didn't want to have a family anymore and left. And I was like, wow, I really, that really is like a pretty interesting story. And then for the rest of the movie, she's like, it's me, tragically single Liz. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing tragic about you. You seem very successful. She's you seem to get a lot of job yeah. satisfaction. Yeah. What? Why are you tragically single? And also, you know, Bad swoops mommy. in. Compulsory heterosexuality. The the owner of the eggnog. Which is a diner in Hollyville. We have to talk about... <laughs> hey, guys. Can we talk about Kevin? Oh, is that the name of that film? So, <laughs> we need to talk about yeah. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, I'm we so to talk. Well, I mean, this. the whole time I was so unsettled. I feel like he was a character who was just unhinged. Like, his hair was, like, upsetting. <laughs> and you, but you couldn't quite place why. It was, like, just, like, one angle off. Mm-hmm. It was, safari outfit you know kind of the glaze over look you're not sure of his backstory and you're not sure you want to know mm-hmm. you're just waiting for him did to you snap listen to the podcast dirty john yes i did he reminded me like he was i guess kind of like a poor man's roblo so yeah. like fairly handsome but yeah the hair was just like cut Slightly in such a way no. that like maybe he needed a haircut like two months ago he might be very filthy like he might be covered he might be be covered in just a layer of grime i'm curious if you had this experience in rochester michigan and amanda you growing up in the in the suburbs in florida i'm curious if you had this too this is what kevin reminded me of (laughs) so occasionally like when i was a teen in rochester michigan there wasn't really a lot to do but like Occasionally, there was like a cool coffee shop that would pop up, or like a record store, or like a diner, or just like a venue where young people could go. And so you'd go there, and then there would always be just an older guy around, like just you know the archetype. He was like, "Oh man, Kevin's a legend!" And like he bought booze for all of the young men. He maybe got them weed. All of the young women he had like a real problematic relationship with. You're like he might have been known around town as Creepy Kevin, but somehow he's always there. And that is like exactly who Kevin reminded me of. And I feel like I have met him before. You know, he thinks also that if he talks 
like he is still pretty young that maybe people won't notice that he wears his face has a map of the world carved into it. <laughs> oh my God. I know his chillness and like gravelly surfer voice doesn't account for any of that. But do you feel like you've met that person? Oh, in I know Kevin. I know Kevin. Yeah. 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 I've met him. Probably we'll meet him again. Hopefully Ugh. not. Hopefully not. We're going to do everything we can to avoid meeting Kevin. Ugh, such a, a cringy rocker Let's dad haircut. Kevin. I hated the way that he spoke to Liz. It, it really. It was condescending. It was so condescending. There's just so much. I sense malice. It, it, yeah. it was, I couldn't, I barely have the words to talk about how how upset I got about this. He frequently was turning to her and saying like, oh, you're cute when you're angry. Or like, why don't you loosen up? Or he just would talk to other people about her like, you're not there to educate this grown woman on how to behave. If she chooses to be like, kind of aggressive in social situations it's sort of her business maybe her and her therapist business maybe her her therapist her dad and her young lesbian son's business but it's absolutely not you your business creepy kevin that's where you're wrong hollyville it becomes hollyville's issue that's what happens when you come to hollyville he did make the comment that um he he was a big believer in like hollyville's healing properties like you go there as a broken person so maybe if you do enter hollyville and stay for a while you just have to be expect you just have to expect that someone's going to mansplain christmas to you (laughs) i have wait i'm sorry amanda i have to ask you um, so I just off the top of my head, I can think of two towns where we're from that are Christmas themed. Canterbury Village, maybe that's yeah. not a town. Maybe that's a fake. Is that a fake town? Is um, that a real? Oh, is that uh, a village? Cran. Canterbury Village. Canterbury Village. <laughs> in Frankenmuth. Yeah, yeah. So in Florida, are there any Christmas themed towns? We have a lot of themed towns in Florida. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is a Christmas one in Florida. There's definitely a bunch of Christmas stores. Um, guys, I want to ask you, I have a few, we're kind of getting to the point where we would switch over into the other segments. So I just want to ask you guys, do you have any other, do you want to just like, is there anything else you want to, do you have topics you want to go yeah, into? Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I want to talk about like, obviously we have these questions for every single one of these that we watch. The producers, I think, maybe wanted to evoke sorts of moods. Festivity, um, busy, like being busy, tension, anguish, drama, sentimentality. But the steps they took to do that were so uh, non-committal that it became nothing. Like, there is a point of drama where like the ma the like Liz and her father have this reconciliation moment where he was like you know when your mother died like I kind of lost my Christmas spirit I guess she was a real Christmas horse in the family like they pull out an old Christmas doll that she had and they have this moment of sentiment where they stand next to each other look up into the sky and are silent for a moment and that is like the sentimental moment Or you have the festival, the Christmas festival, where it's literally just background actors walking in zigzag patterns to and from. (laughs) Uh, Like one store to the next, carrying like what looked like Forever 21 bags. I mean, I don't know. I think they just may have been people like at this theme park. 
And I think they try to get some dynamics and like tension in there with like Mason running away. But it's just like it's this constant like there's a setback. The problem is solved or like Mason runs away. He gets fined again. Your car can't get fixed. Okay, well, maybe it'll get fixed now. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, now it gets fixed. And people are also really like pressed about this Christmas deadline. Like everyone in North Pole Enterprises is just like so pressed about this Christmas deadline, even though they do it every year. Like, what are the producers going for? Why even make a movie like this? If you like, what is with the non-committal facsimile of action here? I just, I, that's a, such a good question because it's, it seems to ask a, a pretty basic question that I can throw back at you guys, which is like, what does Liz want? A man. <laughs> She wants a man. I guess. She doesn't really, though. She doesn't, but they decide for her. They decide that they want. So, I mean, what? but what does she want? Because that's why, that's how you relate to a character. A character, the only thing that it takes to make a drama is to have a character that wants something and have an inciting incident that sends them on an adventure. Liz seems to be very content in her life. And okay with how distant she is from her uh, lesbian uh, son who doesn't really... That boy. That boy. He just doesn't seem like he's bringing anything. She doesn't really... She seems okay with their relationship that seems very distant. And I just don't feel like I see any like wants or desires for her. So it these films often feel like a slog because I think that you can feel Ron McGee writing like... Oh, an evil real, you know, an evil high-strung real estate agent who's a bitch really needs to like make some changes in her life. It feels like another person and then a series of men in her life, yes. which there only are men in her life, are just telling her who she has to be and and how she has to have a different kind of attitude about it. Yeah, the motivation is so external. I guess I didn't like Christmas Town <laughs> very oh. much. Would not recommend. Would not recommend. Absolutely. Also, um, there was this whole scene with the mistletoe where I was just like, wow, mistletoe is like (gasps) a non-consensual and coercive tradition that should burn in hell. So you got upset when we were watching this part. Makes sense. But I'll tell you something. Best character in the movie. The mistletoe guy? The mistletoe ho guy. Oh my God. Made me laugh so hard. I have a screenshot that I got of him where he goes, let me see a little smoochy smooch. <laughs> what kind of perv? He's so weird. And he's just dancing behind them the whole time holding. And his little catchphrase that he says, hi-ho the mistletoe. <laughs> Ugh. That made it's the whole disgusting. movie worth it to me. It is disgusting, but I loved it. If the mistletoe ho harass um, anyone harassed you to kiss anyone in this movie who would you prefer to be under the mistletoe with? oh my god liz ah come on you would you choose anything but her like maybe roxy or a pancake oh roxy the mechanic there's a mechanic in the town who's pretty um pretty banging yeah she's pretty banging oh this is limited to characters in the movie yeah yes i mean if you want to do like general people i feel like (laughs) yeah 
I think Jake Gyllenhaal should have played Kevin. I think that would have been a lot more effective. Uh. There's a lot, you know. There's always the the possibility of it being suspenseful. You know, we know it might become a thriller at any mm. second. I think that that's Whoa. my answer to that question. Yes, <laughs> different casting. And and that is what we were talking about. Was like we were promised this like magical realism yes. and like um kind of twilight twilight zoney thing. And there have there are Christmas movies like that where you're like stuck in a Christmas so world or like. There's some, at least some sort of teensy ounce of magic with, like, Santa Claus. And this was just, like, they just went to a theme park and abandoned one. They didn't even dress, like, the essentials, like, the essentials, so cry, like, back up. I know, it's flabbergasting. I'm just so worked up about it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, uh, favorite quotes? I really liked it when Kevin used ergo, and then ex- <laughs> followed by explaining that, of course, he was a philosophy major. Whoa. That was really key to understanding her intellectual, you know, connection with him, and like that's really where things shifted. I think it was a really important moment. So good when a guy drops a philosophy major cred. Ugh. But also representing it being worthless, you know, that always has to be followed right. by it being a worthless degree. And Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's self-aware. He's yeah. not yeah. completely, you know, worked up in himself. He's aware. I'd say if he's been rocking that haircut, he <laughs> has no idea what's going on. <laughs> not a clue. Not a clue. That shag, no. He clearly has not a clue. And those flares, not a clue. Um, my favorite quote was... Um, so we meet Roxy for the first time, this like gruff mechanic in the town. Uh, the dad is working as a short order cook in the diner, the grandfather is. And he's somehow already best friends with everyone in the town, has all these inside jokes with people. And of course, Liz walks in and is so confused by this. She's like, what, my stoic father? No way. And Liz talks about how they often go dancing together. They'll do the samba. And Liz says something like, you guys go dancing? And Roxy says, you call it dancing. I call it burning up the floor. Not an expression. That's a, it sounds like arson, frankly. They might mean like cutting a rug. Um, tearing up the floor. Is, tearing that, up is the that, the that it? Tearing, tearing up, up the floor, floor. tearing up the dance. Yeah. And then uh, I guess my next question would be, if you had to pick a food to go with this film where you're watching it, I'll tell you, I think that mine would be a big batch of Santa chili. Big batch of Santa chili. What's that mean? What is Santa Santa chili? chili. I don't, it might be chili made of Santa. It might be, uh, it might be something that he likes to eat, but that is also made of him. Uh, It was just something that Kevin was talking about. He's like, yeah, you got to watch out for that Santa chili. He really loves it. Or like he was talking about how he makes like a very spicy batch of Santa chili every year. (laughs) With every new year, they get a new Santa and and the old Santa once is recycled into chili. Yeah. I would also watch that movie. They only have the Santas only have a year long lifespan where they start off as like a little Santa, but grow up into a huge Santa in like a matter of months, get trained for Christmas, do the fucking ride, and then they get made into chili. And they don't tell you that part of the- Served at the eggnog near you. Served at the eggnog near you. They don't tell you that part of the lore. Um, (laughs) I would take, we'll watch it. So I I would serve um, melatonin tablets to everyone. (laughs) Uh, and maybe just like a green juice so that you can like just take care of yourself while you're watching this trash. That's really good. 
what are you inspired to serve any food or drinks? Um, just lemon rice soup. I think that's the only acceptable <laughs> cuisine for this film. I just feel like it's right. Absolutely, that really reminds me. How do you say that of in Greek? Avgolemano. That's uh, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Avgolemano. <laughs> pretty sure. I have ordered enough Avgolemano in my life to know that it's. It's that. Okay. That also really reminds me of diners in Rochester, Michigan. Yeah, a lot of great diners there. Um, Close. Can I oh. say that? Yeah. A, a, I want to go back to this. Isn't a quote. This isn't a quote, but it is. They are words <laughs> presented in the film, and um, the grandpa is just wearing this Santa hat every time that says, "Ha ha ha." <laughs> It doesn't say ho ho. They never ho. address that. They never address that. I thought it was that. an inside joke, and I just missed it. No, that lo- it lo- what I think it was was a very cheap prop that was like the curse of O's looked like a- A's, but every time I looked at him, I was like, ha, 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 and I couldn't stop laughing. It was too funny. I, I want a Christmas hat that says ha, ha, ha on it. Yeah. I have my last quote that I have is when Mason is talking about Kevin. They'd had a brief conversation, and then Mason runs over to Liz and goes, he's so amazing. He knows so much about Christmas. <laughs> This fucking kid is obsessed with Christmas. Good luck December 26th, you little twerp. Like, what are you going to talk about then? I actually was really upset about him because I kind of felt like I saw myself reflected in Mason, and I was like, wow. People who really like Christmas are horribly annoying, and I have never felt like that while watching a film. And I'm like, i got to watch out because I can't really like Christmas anymore. He kind of ruined it for me. Did you feel the joy of Christmas while watching this film? Absolutely not. Fuck no. Yeah, nothing. Nothing at all. Real boner kill for me as well, ladies. I'd say. There's nothing more to say about it. It's just... I feel like we watched nothing. Like, I feel like we watched um, a boring play. (laughs) High school production that one of the high schoolers wrote. I for sure felt that way, too. Yeah, let's age check Rob McGee. Is Is he 17? I I feel like um, one of the more... we Full disclosure... Erin didn't finish the movie because she didn't have a chance to get to the last 15 minutes. So when we came in, we figured out she hadn't finished it. And we were like, all right, so we should all sit down and watch it. And I'll tell you something. Erin was like leaning over and talking to Katie and asking her for her recipe of collard greens. (laughs) I was like feeling remarkably uncomfortable. We kept checking the time. And this was the last 15 minutes of the film. And it's the best part of the film because Liz finally changes there's that really stupid gag where Mason's trapped in the North Pole, MP Enterprises, and he's running around like a little chicken with his head cut off, and there's like a constant improv game happening overhead where it's like, well, you know, name seven things that someone would say at North Pole over an intercom. And then the the last bit is you get the creepy mistletoe uh, jester. And that's all, I mean, that, that's like the most action-packed the movie ever that's is. That's true, yeah. And it we were all so... Pain tired to be doing it. It was, yeah. it was exhausting. Yeah. The final. So that's why we were drained. Like literally a screensaver from like 1997. Yeah, it's it the good. same insert that was in a Christmas vacation. I am sure of it. Like it's like the oh. same exact shot. Yeah, it I didn't look good. That. Yeah, didn't look good. Well, Erin, uh, on behalf of Katie and I and the North Hole Project, we apologize. And maybe Thank next so time that you're on, me. we'll. Uh, have something that's a little bit more enjoyable to watch. Or maybe not. Maybe they're all terrible to watch. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you for having me. We love you, Aaron. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. Our theme song was by Toth. 
Thanks, Toth. You can find us at the North Pole Podcast on Instagram. Rate us on iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, do the whole thing uh, so we can do this again next year. Katie, you want to uh, sing us out? Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. And that was more festive than the entire film. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>